Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Today I want to take some time to share with you on spiritual warfare. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare. Just like you have wars in the natural, you have war in the realm of the spirit. In fact, The wars in the natural are manifestations of what is happening in the realm of the spirit. And once you are born again, you are engaged in spiritual warfare. You don't have to sign up anything. The fact that you received the Lord Jesus, you signed up. And so the enemy is trying to destroy your life. The Bible says that he goeth about our adversary, seeking whom he may devour. So we have to learn how to manage, how to be effectively engaged in warfare that we can walk in victory. Otherwise, you receive the Lord, but then walk in defeat. And it's not a good reflection on the kingdom and it doesn't benefit you or anyone because then you can't effectively sell uh, or market the kingdom to, to, to those around you because what they see in your life is not how they desire to progress in their lives. So it is very crucial that we understand uh, spiritual warfare. I know sometimes it sounds spiritual to say that we're entering a season of spiritual warfare. But the truth is, you're always in spiritual warfare if you're born again. I would agree that there are times when the seasons intensifies, but we are always in spiritual warfare. And history has shown that the second half of the calendar year is far more active spiritually than the first half. That's an interesting um, observation. You, you will find if you check on the major disasters of the world, especially in the last 35 years, but generally speaking, the majority of them happen on the second half of the calendar year. And A few of them also happen in January, which is just tipping over from the end of the second half of the calendar year. It's almost like uh, the effects of it flow over. Now, I am not saying there are not spiritual activities and warfare between um, January and and, and May or or June, the, the first half. I am just saying it is far more active, the realm of the spirit on the second half of the calendar year. The aviation industry, you, you, you can check it out, will tell you that they have more plane crashed, crashed on the second half of the calendar year than on the first half. If, as I said, whether it's the hurricane season, 9-11, um, Asian tsunami, you check most of the major disasters that has happened in the world, they happen on the second half of the calendar year. It is also said that more children go missing 
on the second half of the calendar year than on the first half. It's a time that is very, very active. And I'm saying that to say that we, as the people of God, can't afford to let down our guards. Interestingly, the beginning of the second half of the calendar year is when many people take vacations and relax a little bit and let down um, their hand a little, but it is time to uh, be on guard. In fact, all the times we need to obey what Peter says. He says, be sober and be alert, watch unto prayer. So spiritual warfare goes much further than just an attack, a one-time attack of a demon. No, it's a continuous thing. And in fact, as I look across the world and see the demonstrations that are taking place and other stuff that are taking place, and I'm not arguing here if they're justified or not. I'm just saying it dawned on me that many of the activities that are going on on the global front even right now, whether it be the, the demonstrations or whether it be the pandemic, pandemic, what they're actually doing is strengthening the principalities and powers that are ruling over different territories. So I cannot afford, no, I understand the logics of the world and what they're saying, but I cannot afford to be confessing that we're going to have to live with COVID for the rest of our lives or anything like that. I am not saying that the thing not, might not linger for a time, but I'm saying that's, that's a spirit of infirmity right there. And that spirit dominates different territory. And whether you have uh, contracted COVID-19 or not, we still believe in the healing power of God. We still believe that he's Jehovah Rapha and we refuse to give any inch to the enemy to fortify any spirit of infirmity in our lives or in our space or in our nation. We declare that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And I want to start out reading from St. Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to read verse 12. And from the days are from the time of John the Baptist. From the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it, right? King James says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. Well, if the kingdom of God preceded John, which it did, because the kingdom of God is eternal, the kingdom of God has always been with God, and um, if God is from everlasting, then the kingdom is also from everlasting. So if that is true, which it is, why then the kingdom started suffering violence since John? Why not before? 
I want to go into some of that and just set a, a little, uh, uh, some foundation here for maybe a two or three session uh, teaching on spiritual warfare. When God first introduced, introduced his kingdom to man, there was no such thing as violence because in the in Eden, there was no such activity. It was those days that the lion and the lamb were in fellowship. The lion would not even rush the lamb. But after man lost the kingdom, or you can put it another way, after the enemy robbed the kingdom of God, from man, the rest of the Old Testament was a type and shadow of what was to come. So you would have certain things that were put in place, but they were to be fulfilled, so to speak. So the priests would make sacrifices, uh, Blood would be shed, but it wouldn't be the blood of Jesus. And those were just um, typifying the great sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was to come then, and also typifying the matchless blood of Jesus that was to be shed. So it was, as we said, a type and shadow of what was to come. The devil knows. He is very aware of the pedigree of the kingdom of heaven. He experienced the kingdom of heaven before any human being experienced it. So he knows exactly what the kingdom of heaven is like. Because he knows he does not want us to experience the kingdom of heaven. He, he, he doesn't want that to happen in our lives because one, he wants to steal our destiny and he wants his kingdom to advance instead of the kingdom of God. So when he was kicked out of heaven, I believe that he was aware of God's plan to influence the earth realm with the kingdom of heaven. And the enemy idea was to control the agents, the legal agents of earth, mankind, that should en enhance or advance the kingdom of God on earth and try to get those agents, divert those agents to advance his kingdom instead of the kingdom of God. Now, for him to be successful in diverting the agents from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of darkness, then he had to find a way to rob man of the kingdom. And so uh, instead of man uh, advancing the kingdom of, of, of God, they would advance his kingdom. Instead of man uh, getting used to the kingdom of God and living with the kingdom of God as his lifestyle, they would now cling to his kingdom. 
So the foundation of a kingdom is its system or its systems. Right? The foundation of a kingdom is its systems, its principles, is its governments, and so on. So the kingdom of God is about systems, principles, and government. And it is about the systems of God, the principles of God, and the government of God, or God's way of doing things. So in an effort to rob man of the kingdom, Satan attacked the kingdom principles and systems in the mind of Adam and Eve. He robbed Adam and Eve of the kingdom of God by attacking the principles of the kingdom of God in their minds. In other words, God said to Adam, the day you eat of this fruit that I instruct you not to eat of, you will die. So here comes Satan undermining obedience, which is one of the principles, core principles of the kingdom of God. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So he could not bring violence against them in Eden. So he worked at undermining the principles of the, of the kingdom. So he attacked his mind saying, you, you will not surely die. I mean, God knew that if you eat, you will be as wise as him. And, you know, God is trying to hold you back. And he waved all kinds of fantasies before Eve, trying to pull her out from obeying the instruction of the Lord, undermining the kingdom or robbing Eve of the kingdom. And that's what the enemy does. When he tries to get you to do things that are not right, it's not merely just a one-off activity. It is not just casual. He is trying to undermine the kingdom of God in your life so that all of a sudden uh, you feel like the kingdom is not of much value to you and you start leaning to systems that you believe can help you that are anti-kingdom. That's spiritual warfare. That's the crux of spiritual warfare. Because the enemy knows that he could not come to you up front and tell you to stop serving God and get out of the kingdom of God because he wouldn't buy that. So he's a deceiver, he's a trickster. So he works at undermining the kingdom of God in your life or getting you to undermine the principles of the kingdom, trying to get you frustrated uh, with church and with uh, church people and get you to a place of uh, concluding that you don't want to have anything to do with them again. That's spiritual warfare. The devil is a liar. And this is why we have to walk in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So here's Eve saying, 
God said we shouldn't touch. God didn't say anything about not touching things, but Satan influenced that thought. He will, if he can get you to twist what God says. And then say to you, it doesn't make sense. Here is how, how much is a trickster. He will get you to twist what God's word says and then tell you that the twisted version that you have bought doesn't make sense. Of course, it doesn't make sense, but you are linking that twisted version to God, to the kingdom. So when you think it don't make sense, then you won't continue in it. So he said to Eve, the day that you eat, your eyes will be open. In other words, man, you will start ad advancing. You can even be better by tasting the food. He, he's doing all of this to undermine the kingdom in their lives, to rob them of the kingdom. But what he, is, he wasn't telling Eve was that any action outside of kingdom instruction will amount to disobedience, which is a major breakdown of kingdom principles. And if we can get people to be obedient to God, that would solve a great deal of our problems. So the enemy will always try to get you to be disobedient to the things of God. And when we talk about disobedience, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know, you go on the platform and uh, reject some instructions that the pastor is giving or something like that. Just simply carrying out the principles of the kingdom in your life. If he can get you not to tithe because you think church is just taking your money, then he's gotten you to walk in disobedience in a crucial area in your life and you are shutting down your prosperity. You're shutting down the abundance that is scheduled in your life. If he can get you not to walk in love because how much some church people are hypocrite, he is robbing you of the joy and the peace of God. So you don't walk in love, obey the word and walk in love just because of um, people. You do it because you have to stay in obedience to the kingdom of God and ensure that the kingdom dynamics are working and being fulfilled in your life. You don't even walk in love so much because you want to sometimes, but you can't afford not to because the effects of walking in love are much greater. The destructive effects of not walking in love is more than you really want to experience. So eating the fruit would be disobedience to God's kingdom and the devil robbing them of the kingdom of God. And it would also work out to be obedience to the kingdom of darkness. And that's exactly what the devil wants. As I said, we, were, we learned from Samuel that obedience, sorry, that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. So understand now, when Eve and Adam disobeyed God, God could not entertain 
anything resembling witchcraft in Eden. So he had no choice but to lock them out of Eden. It wasn't about being anti-man, but more about not allowing the kingdom to be undermined. So Eve ate and, and gave to her husband Adam, and the enemy had his way robbing them of the kingdom of God. And he thought he had everything covered because now man lost the kingdom. The message of the kingdom went silent for maybe about over 4,000 years. The devil had his way. He thought that he permanently robbed man of the kingdom. So he, he would have diverted the destiny of uh, mankind. He thought he had it covered. And we're, we're really building a, um, the foundation here to talk about why the kingdom suffers violence since John, since John and not before. So, as I said, the message of the kingdom went silent for a very long time and the devil thought he had his way. So, when John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom, the devil was like, oh, I thought that was already dealt with. I already stole that from man. How, where did John come from? Where did John find this? Because the kingdom of God is supposed to be a thing of the past as it relates to the intention of the kingdom of darkness. So he decided, you know, the best way to deal with this, let's take out John. Because he's the only man that is coming back with it. So if we can take up, take out John, then we can settle this thing. Because as I said, he thought he had it covered. How many of you, how many of you have ever dealt with something in your life? You thought it was settled and only for it to resurface a year or 10 years after and um, the fact that it resurfaced, it just kind of put you out of war. Well, that's the state that the devil was in. I mean, this kingdom thing again, because remember, not only did he rob the kingdom from Adam and Eve and from mankind, but he himself experienced the kingdom. So he knew what the kingdom of God could do and the effects of the kingdom of God. So he had to try all he could to get the kingdom out of the picture. Now, the fact that John actually reintroduced the kingdom message um, to, to, to man, then the violence started against John. Why and why? Because John was preaching the kingdom. So anywhere the kingdom is, the, the plan of the enemy is to bring violence against the kingdom. So if you are preaching the kingdom, he's going to bring violence against you. 
So the reason why some things are coming against you is because of the kingdom that is in you. So the, 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 viol the violence was extreme against John because he carried the kingdom. And remember that John was the forerunner of Jesus. So they were, there would have been a lot of activities in the realm of the spirit because not only was John preaching the kingdom, John was just making the way for Jesus who are uh, coming before Jesus who would preach the kingdom in power and authority. And I believe that even if the enemy did not know the details, he realized the activities in the realm of the spirit. The reason why they come against you at work you think it's just that they don't like you, but no, it's the kingdom that they see that the enemy is raising violence against the kingdom. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. God wants us to understand that the kingdom is in us and that is why paul said we are troubled on every side yet not distressed persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the lord jesus christ once you carry the kingdom there will be the attack of the enemy against you so now that uh, violence is a part of the weaponry of the enemy as it relates to trying to negate the effects of the kingdom, whatever is coming against you, sickness, persecution, frustration, it is because of the kingdom that is in you. The enemy is trying to rob the kingdom of God that is in you. He's trying to undermine. So here is the spiritual warfare now. The spiritual warfare is that most of these activities are not manifested in the natural until they have long started in the realm of the spirit. And we make the mistake now of believing that the people and the agencies through which these activities are manifested in the natural are our problem. But no, the real troublemaker is behind the scenes. So what you have to deal with is to deal with the spirit that is influencing the operations. And this is why we have to walk in the spirit. So we need to identify any spirit that is trying to attack our children. So we can call it by name, spirit of insanity, any spirit of drug abuse. Oh, you better deal with any spirit of disobedience that you see. And, and the way to deal with that is not to beat it out of them. It is to deal with that spirit in the realm of the spirit. 
and you have to stretch out in intercession over them and say, look, I see that spirit that is keeping you away from serving the Lord, keeping you from fulfilling uh, who you are in Christ. I deal with that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. I remember one time, I think it was Brother Lester Sumrall spent the night with a, a, a couple while he was preaching in their area. And when he was leaving, the wife said to him, you know, Brother Lester, I would like for you to pray for my husband so he will start serving the Lord. Brother, Le Brother Lester told her, he said, listen to me. You see the bed that I slept in? <laughs> Just take the sheet and put on your bed. Um, I have been praying and believing God and all that kind of stuff. And I believe something will happen by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, she did. And that man came to know the Lord that week because there was something in Brother Lester's life that um, impacted that environment. I am saying to you, if you walk in the spirit, if you stay in the things of God, your presence will change some activities that are happening in and around your sphere of influence. It might not happen today, but if you keep on doing it, it is going to bring some change. And when that happens, get ready for the enemy attacking because since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom suffers violence. So anywhere the kingdom is having effect and it is having effect through your life, the enemy is going to come at you. So when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, that means you are coming under the jurisdiction of the kingdom of God, of the government of the kingdom of God. You receive the kingdom of God, so the kingdom of God is in you. And because you carry the kingdom, you are going to experience the violence that comes against the kingdom that is in you. So God wants us to understand that we don't need to take time out to try and figure out why certain people don't like us or certain things are happening. What he wants us to do is to be carriers of the anointing, to carry the kingdom anywhere we go so that we will impact those that come in our sphere of influence. Because if you are not impacting that environment with the kingdom, then the with the kingdom of God, then the other kingdom is certainly going to take the opportunity to impact that environment. And especially your home, it is crucial. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. If we could get that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that people are not our enemy, we would be so much better. People are not our enemy. The, the real enemy is behind the scene making the trouble. Now, if you spend your time wrestling against flesh and blood, that's against people, that means you're going to compromise the effect of the 
effects of the kingdom of God in your life. You're going to short circuit the results of the kingdom that should be manifested in your life. And you are going to do the exact things that you're not supposed to be doing as a kingdom citizen. Because if you're wrestling against flesh and blood, you end up competing instead of complementing. So the gifts and anointings that are in your environment that you should complement and that should complement you, you start competing against them when you wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and, wrestling against flesh and blood will divert your focus, will compromise pure motives. And that is why we always have to examine our hearts. Anytime you start wrestling against flesh and blood, you set up yourself to be frustrated and not having anything to do with the very people who are in the kingdom. People are always going to misbehave, but who is going to show them the kingdom? So that's why Paul said, no, if a man is overtaken in a fault, he which are spiritual. What that word spiritual mean? Mature in the things of God, mature in the kingdom should Take that person and explain the kingdom to them. Say, no, that's not kingdom right there. So when you do that, you are partnering with the kingdom of darkness. That's not the kingdom of God. And you cannot afford to do that because the effects of that are long lasting and far reaching. So here, here is the kingdom of God. And let's hold on and walk out the kingdom of God in your life. But the enemy doesn't want that. So what he wants to do constantly, he works over time at trying to rob you of the kingdom or trying to undermine the kingdom in your life. Thanks be to God that the spirit of victory is in us and God enables us to overcome. We shall not die. We refuse to buy into uh, the trick of the enemy. The enemy never says the right thing. He never will lead you into righteousness. It is important that you don't listen to the enemy. Focus on what God is saying. Obedience to God is key in the spiritual warfare. If you refuse to consent to what the enemy is saying, then he cannot penetrate your life. Of course, he will come against you, will throw all kinds of stuff against you, but you just have to stand up and be counted that I'm going to live the kingdom. I went to an establishment some time ago to purchase something and two elderly ladies walked in. I was standing in line, just meditating on a thought that was in my spirit. So I wasn't very close to the person that was in front of me in the line. These two elderly ladies walk in, walked in and just walked in front of me. And I was smiling. And the people behind me started to quarrel with me to say, you know, this man must be stupid or something. He just allowed the ladies to walk in front of him and can't take people like these and all of that. So I said, you know, with the kind of indiscipline that we're having in our society today, if these two senior ladies believe that this is how they should conduct themselves, walk in and just walk into the middle of the line, not waiting their turn. If this is the kind of example that our seniors are going to set 
for the young people. We are in trouble. We need better examples. We need kingdom examples from the people who are senior in our society. Well, when I was finished, the two ladies hung their heads down and just walked out of the line and went to the back. I did not have to fight like the other people wanted me to fight. I did not have to contend like they wanted me to contend. They wanted me to contend in the flesh. And I am saying to you, people will try and get you to contend in the flesh. Well, the enemy will try and get you to contend in the flesh and he will work through all kinds of circle, all kinds of people. But you have to stand up and be counted and declare that God's kingdom is going to be established through my life today. Take it a day at a time. Father, help me, show me any loophole so that I don't contribute to undermining the kingdom in my life because that's where the warfare is the enemy trying to rob you of the kingdom of God. I'm trusting the Lord that as you go about your business this coming week, that you would look for the opportunities to resist the devil. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Refuse to contend in the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.com.